America's MO is a podcast that is not suitable for all ages. The guests that appear on this show do not use their full name, and the names of individuals and businesses and stories mentioned are redacted to protect all parties. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Leah. And I'm Whitley. And this is America's M.O. Uh, So, like I said, I'm Leah, Leah Langford, and I am a proud nerd with an emphasis on science and skincare. And I grew up in southern Indiana, small little town, or I guess it's technically a city. Uh, So, I am corn-fed and (laughs) country-talking. Sorry in advance. Hope you can understand. Um, And then an interesting fact about me is that I claim that I was born in a barn. I don't know if that's a saying where y'all are from. They're like, close that door. What, were you born in a barn? I heard that all the time as a yeah. kid. Uh, well, that, my first house was a barn converted into a house in an even smaller town than the one we're in now. Yeehaw. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's kind of weird, huh? But yeah. fitting. <laughs> um, and then likes um, food. I love food. Um, and dogs. And summer. And then a dislike is onions. My worst enemy. Worst enemy. Onions. Mm -mm, None of them. No colors, no sizes. Nowhere. They don't belong in my life. (laughs) Uh, What about a hidden talent? I guess I write and sing songs. I had a stint as a singer-songwriter. And then because, you know, the kind of an underlying theme of this is being encouraging and positive about ourselves and, and other women. I have to say a good thing about me. I'm going to say a good thing about me. Um, I, I am kind. I for real care about people in general. And now I get to say a good thing about Whitley. <laughs> She's a smoke show. <laughs> no, uh, she really is. But also, more importantly, she's smart as a whip and very patient. Oh, thank you. And just to tell you all a little about me, as I said, I'm Whitley. Um, I'm a true crime addict (laughs) all the time. True crime all the time. Netflix is my favorite and Discovery Plus. (laughs) Um, I am obsessed with music. Uh, I'll listen to music all the time, constantly, when I'm doing almost anything. And obsessed with TikTok. Um, like Leah, I also grew up in the good old Hoosier state, I guess. <laughs> Not my favorite place, but, uh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, I grew up in Madison, Indiana, which is, I do have to say a stunning town. And I did have a great upbringing there. I love that town. Um, kind of like Leah, a little interesting fact about me. Um, I grew up almost my entire life around motorcycles and have rode motorcycles my whole life and still do all the time. Um, a like of mine, I'm completely makeup obsessed and, and fall time. I love anything to do with fall. Um, kind of a hidden talent. I am a singer and I was in choir and musical theater for 10 plus years going through middle school and high school. Um, well, you can sing. She can sing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're a little better than me. 
Um, and as hard as it is, a good thing about, a good fact about me, um, I like to always be completely non-judgmental and not judge a book by its cover and get to know the person or situation for who they are or what it is. And, and then I'll say a good thing about my good friend, Leah. Um, Leah is extremely caring and compassionate and so funny, which is a great pair for me because I tend to be a little uptight because I can become a little easily embarrassed. So she hanging out with you allows me to loosen up and be myself hey, more and we always have fun. Yeah, we do. All right. So I guess we should talk about why we are here. We are here because, well, I guess I'll, I was in whole truth, not, not the greatest spot lately. And rather than sinking into full shutdown mode, as I call it, um, I decided I want to do something positive with this feeling, something that will help not just me, but, you know, any woman in need of an outlet. And hopefully we can all begin to heal together with our stories and, yeah, and because enough is enough. And we're, we're ready to say some it's stuff. It's time. Yeah. It's time to let our voices be heard. Absolutely. And we want to hear from you guys, our listeners. Absolutely. And we want to create a safe space for us as women to speak about women's issues and um, women's inequality and the things that we go through as women and allow our voices to be heard. Even if you don't want your voice to be heard anywhere else, it can be heard here. And we can be that voice for you in that safe space. Any way you feel comfortable. Absolutely. Yes. In a a caring and non-judgmental environment. And with people that we we care about, all of you, like for real, like we've been saying. But I just want to stress it because we do. That's why we're here. It was important enough to us to do this for all of us. And how we came up with this podcast idea is <laughs> actually really interesting. I'll kind of let Leah start it out because in a way, it, it all began with Leah. Mm, that could be scary. <laughs> um, so I was driving around the country like I do often. Country clarity, I call it. And I was listening to a podcast. It was true crime. And just, yeah, it, infamous indie. And it's a great podcast. You should listen to that. And it's kind of where this whole idea spawned in the middle of nowhere amongst the corn. And I heard the story of a woman who is kind of the namesake of this podcast now. Um, that's what the MO stands for. This is, It's that woman's initials. I'll just tell you, it's Madge Oberholzer. And that's the story we'll tell you today. But And was she not a badass? Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, holy sass. Yeah. 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 And we're going to tell you her story. Yeah, we'll get to that. But for uh, so Whitley and I, we've been friends for a couple years, you know, met through mutual friends, and we were at their house. And so this is after the country clarity hour of listening to the story myself. And I got this idea that I would have kept inside of me for probably ever had I not saw Whitney, you know, the next day and told her meekly, which is not really me. I don't know why it was like, if it's, 
a, an idea or something. I guess I am kind of meek then, but I was like, hey, Wentley, like, I just, well, driving around, I kind of, like, had this idea that maybe could be a podcast, and it's about this. And she, I got, like, I don't know, not even halfway through telling it, and she was like, Leah, that's awesome. And, like, her being so excited about it, then I was like, wait, is it really? Is that a good idea? She's like, heck, yes. I was yeah. like, thank you, because I didn't, I didn't yeah. know until you told me. And the funny part is, before that, I had barely, I had, you barely told me the story of Madge, but I didn't even have to hear all of it before I knew what a badass she was, and it inspired me, and I didn't even hear the full story. And so when Leah presented the idea to me, I was all over it and definitely couldn't wait to be a part of this. And we jumped on it. Yeah, I think together, like the, coming up from the basement stairs, we together we made the dying. name. We were like, yep, that's it. Yeah, I think you put All America right, with it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, okay, doing this. And then now we're doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, we're super excited to be here with you guys. And so without further ado, we're going to tell you about Madge Oberholzer and why she was a badass. Yes, let's and tell her story. All right, yep, Madge's story. So start us out, my Whitley. So Madge Oberholzer, um, back in the mid-20s, 1925, was just this amazing woman who um, grew up in Irvington. Mm-hmm. And she was, a, she was a woman who was super family-oriented. And from what her friends say about her and her family what they report about her super smart yes just like you smart as a whip and actually she moved home you know to help to help her parents she moved back home in with her parents to help with the bills and that's how great of a person she was and she wanted to to constantly live like that and she did and she she worked hard and Worked her way up and to a very good job. Yes, it was. It, it really, truly was. And then... At the State House of yeah. Indiana, yes. So she started that job at the State House. And she began working with um, a man named D.C. Stevenson. <clears throat> yeah, so some... we don't like him. You'll often hear <laughs> us kind of refer to him as the asshole... Pretty much. Or that motherfucker. We have our own nicknames for him. And they're deserved. You'll hear why. Well deserved. We're being kind. Super. When we say that. There's not a word for this kind of scum. Absolutely. But, and if you haven't heard of him, even though we don't want to pay him too much attention because this is really about Madge. Yes, we'll do a brief little thing on him, but keep the focus on It is an important part of the story to kind of let you know who he was. So, D.C. Stevenson, in that time, was a very high-ranking member of the KKK. Yes, the Grand Dragon, they call that. Yes, they did. And he ran, what was it, a 22-state operation? Yeah, he controlled, basically controlled, they say, Indiana and 22 northern states. Yeah, he did. And he um, was so important that he claimed (laughs) nobody will know it is isn't it (laughs) nobody will know for sure um but he claimed he had this red phone 
that ha was a direct line to the president of the United States. The freaking president. Which possibly, you know, is Hardig who had clan ties in Ohio. But, but, I mean, really, whether he did or didn't based on that, not important. But he's just so egotistical and just narcissistic with delusions of grandeur that he thought or did, who knows, had this phone, he'd pick it up when people were in his office and be like, hey, I'm talking to the president. Hold on, i got to take a call from the president, whatever. That's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he worked at the state house as well and was such a high-ranking member of the KKK, he claimed to have been the reason that multiple political figures were elected. He did get multiple people, you know, elected. After failing himself, he tried to run elsewhere first, and then when he didn't get elected, wow, his little ego couldn't take it. <laughs> then he's like, I'll just sit back in my chair with my red phone and be the fat piece of shit I am. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> Run much. things from the outside. Pretty much. And bottom line, he did. So whatever, blah, 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 he did. And he got money from... It was, it was, he's a con artist, you know, so the, the clan was, it was horrible and monstrous, and it also was about money, because it's him, and he got a portion of all the money that went in there, and that's how he got his big office and his stupid phone. Yes, and, and so, <clears throat> and so, and D.C. Stevenson and Madge worked together at the State House. And when they worked together at the state house, there were reports that he had made many unwanted advances towards Madge. Yes, that she blatantly turned down. Yeah, she's like, nah, I don't freaking want to, man. Yeah, multiple times. Very clear. There was nothing not clear about what her intentions were. She was there to do a job. And from all reports, she was doing great at it as well. Yes. And... So this went on for a while with, yes. with the asshole. And you can imagine with his personality type then, he's like, well, nobody's going to say no to me. Right. Not me. Absolutely. So he's not going to take that very well. Mm -mm. And by this time, this asshole had had enough. So a couple weeks prior, he had proposed to Madge um, a project for a children's book, basically, and he wanted her to run that project. Yes, he would get the money, the proceeds, of course. He he offered her a little more money, a little but more, which he was taking ninety five percent of the money. But I'm, she could run it. Right. And she agreed because she said, you know, my parents could use the money more, and that's why she was there was to help them. Oh, we love her. Yeah, we love Matt. Well, we do. That's why we're here. Yes, she is. And that's how great she was. You know, she decided, even though from reports, she had kind of some second thoughts on it. But because of the family situation and she wanted to help out her family, she decided to go ahead and take him up on his job offer. Yes, and because it, it was a good thing. It was. That, you know, had, had he had any intention of doing that, it was a great concept. It was for good. It really was. Uh, yeah. He catered to her, probably, just like. That's how he sucked her in, to, though. Yeah. He made it sound like it was going to be a good project to, to appeal to how she was as a person. Yes. 
So he calls her one night and well, he says, sees her at that ball, right? He saw her at the, like the, the inaugural ball of somebody that was coming into office, and that's then right. he called. So then, then that then night he, or the next then day, that's he called when her. The idea comes into his head, and he says, "I'm going to call Madge." So he calls her, and he tells her that they have to get on a train and go to Chicago. And he wanted her to go along as well because he wanted her to kind of start on this project. Her dictation for the children's book project is like, listen, I'm going to Chicago tomorrow. I just, we can't wait. You got to get over here. We got to do it now. Yep. Yep. And so she, she says yes. And he sends one of his bodyguards over to pick her up. And so they get in the car and they're, Riding over to Asshole's Mansion. Yes. Because he's so important. So they arrive at the mansion, and the bodyguard walks her in, and immediately. Yeah, that gut feeling we get. Right. You know, as women, we get these gut feelings, you know, and I think at times we ignore those. And she didn't. She didn't even. She said she, well, reports say that she knew immediately. She walked in and she's like, this is not good. (laughs) Yeah. She was immediately taken aback because when that door opened, there are three men who, including the asshole. And he's wasted. All three of them. Absolutely wasted. And this is the 1920s. So this is prohibition, right? It's, it's illegal. She doesn't drink. Nope. He's and trying to get her to, like, come on, just one drink. <laughs> you know, keeps pressuring, keeps pressuring. Finally, she gets annoyed. And so she's like, okay, I'll have a soda pop. Yeah, pop. I, we call it pop here. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Coke, soda pop, whatever you call it. Always pop, yeah. And this motherfucker drugged it. Date rape drug in her pop. True monster. Yeah, he was. And you, you're just getting a soda pop. You think you're fine. Yeah, I wish she was, but she was And wasn't. unfortunately, he, when he drugged that soda pop, it was equivalent to pretty much a date rape drug. Yes. And she was incoherent. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, too many of us know that it's like you're trapped inside yours. Like, you know what's going on, but you can't. You hear the stories, and this type of drug is just horrible. The you can't way really move or, or function to do anything about it, you're just incapacitated. Yeah, so she couldn't fight back. So they get on this train, and they supposedly are going to Chicago. Yeah, well, he had to put her on. Yeah, just yeah. took her, her drugged and incapacitated self, on the train with him. Yep. And said, this is the part where I think we're not gonna we're not gonna get into much detail because it's it's sad and unnecessary. But just did unspeakable things to this woman. And it really, it really, truly was. His actions were just appalling, and what he did to her was, uh, just torture. And it wasn't just one attack. No, just all night. This went, yeah, absolutely overnight. This continued for her. Until he decided that they would stop at, what was the town? So, yeah. So, they decide, D.C. Stevenson, he's no dummy. You know, we'll give him that, I guess. Eh, Maybe. Fine. Eh. <laughs> um, I'll reluctantly say that. Yeah. <laughs> 
So he knows if he crosses state lines out of federal, out of uh, Indiana, that it's a federal crime. So he decides we're going to get off the train at this stop in Hammond, Indiana. Hammond, yes, that's right. Yep. So very northern Indiana, right before they cross into Illinois. Yes, it was. And, and they go to a hotel, correct? So he's not done. No, he's round not. two. Yeah. And that's even... This motherfucker. He just gets worse and worse, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, he probably came this bad, but it just, it's, it's just, even still talking about it, it's hard yeah. to accept it the really level of atrocity. Is. Yeah. And so they get to this hotel, and our girl Madge is a hot mess. Just a hot mess from everything she had went through. But still, smart as a whip. Yeah, she is. She's like so, starting to come out of it enough to where she can start to make her first amazing plan. Of, you know, Right, she absolutely does. So this, this date rape drug is kind of wearing off. So she's thinking a little more clearly, and she decides her plan is Jeez. she wants to... Tell the asshole, hey, I need to go to the drugstore. I need makeup and a hat because yes. I'm such a mess. Oh, I'm just, I'm just a mess, honey. Yeah. I just, I, well, look at, look at me, honey. I just, you don't, I mean, you don't want to look at this. I just, I need some makeup and I need a hat. I'm just a mess. Genius. <laughs> Love this Why guy. do I really feel like that's how it went? <laughs> I hope. I mean, either way, <laughs> however she spoke, it was perfect. <laughs> and uh, so, and at first he kind of. Didn't let it happen. Well, she persists. He's, so he's finally had enough. And he's get her out of here. Take her to the drugstore. Yeah, the bodyguard, so, right? He yep. handed the bodyguard like he's five bucks. He's even horrible enough. Said, he doesn't even take her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throws this $5 bill at his bodyguard and says, get her out of here. Take her to the drugstore to get makeup and a hat. So he does. He drives her to the store and she gets her makeup and a hat. And also, <laughs> she slips away long enough to go to the pharmacy counter and buy these mercury chloride tablets. Yes. Which in that time, you could get over the counter. Yeah, you could just get them, which, you know, today you hear mercury and it's like, arr, arr, stay away. Yeah. But now we know the dangers. Yeah. So you can't just get that over the counter. And so did she, though. You know, like, that's, that's why she got them, because she's... There are reports that she kind of knew what she was doing when she did this. Yes. And so she takes all of this back to the hotel room. Lines them up in the bathroom. They come in a pack of 18, and she starts taking them. And she takes six. Well, taking those six tablets is equivalent to drinking like a tablespoon of Drano, which is horrid. So basically, when she did this, she poisoned herself. Yeah. Right. That, yes. She she poisoned herself, and it was bad. And it seems like well, it sounds like to me, you know, science nerd, that she even kind of had time, like in that state of mind, and in that just with everything that had just happened to her, she kind of calculated. You know, like I this is how she many really I will need to. You know, be bad enough that I have to go home or I have to go to the hospital. Just that they, you know, won't want to deal with this. I I just 
she's just such a G. Like, in my mind, I see she her just, really just think of the wheels turning, like the Einstein, you know, mathematic equation up in her head. And I mean, and it was, again, another genius idea. That it really almost was. worked. This one just so stinking She was close. so close. She really, truly was. Because she did start vomiting, next? right? And she, she was just a mess. You know, like, just, well, poison of any kind. You know, you're... You're vomiting. Your your yeah. system just wants it out of you. Right. She's trying. She's vomiting. She's incoherent. And I think at one time she even passed out. Mm-hmm. And the bodyguard is is. I guess he went in there to check on her, and he sees her basically on the floor of the bathroom, just a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he tells the asshole what's happened, and so. He's such an asshole. He's, a, he's basically, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. That. So he tells the bodyguard, take her out of here and get her to the hospital and come right back. Basically telling him not to stay. He didn't care. So, so that, that part worked, you know, that he was like, oh, I don't want to deal with her. He's like, boss, look at this. Look at this. He's like, yeah, get out of here. I don't know why I just gave him that accent. Of him, but <laughs> and so, yeah, they do. They drop her off at home or hospital or whatever. But yeah, just here, just go yeah but this whole time this is a decent little ride to the hospital mm-hmm. and this whole time poor madge is just screaming in pain yeah it must you have been know, excruciating saying oh it's burning it's burning and you know um uh, just what she went through with this was just awful and she finally gets to the hospital Yes, and here's the part we do have to tell you one detail, but not in graphic detail, but just because it's relevant. Is that right. So, so she goes to the hospital with this poisoning, and they're treating her for the poisoning of the mercury. Well, they realize this that motherfucker bit her. That's well, when she gets to the hospital, she had multiple. Multiple bite marks all over her. He bit her Different depths, different places, you know, just all over her body. Well, one of these bite marks got infected. And it was sepsis. And ultimately, it wasn't the mercury poisoning that, and I hate to have to say this, caused the death of Madge. Yep, she died, and it was because he bit her. She got sepsis from infection in a bite mark and then can you imagine no <laughs> i mean I, truly just to go strength. through all that and even basically poison yourself and then ultimately the poisoning's not what kills you but getting bit she would have made it you know like everything she did was was she had amazing ideas it was almost right on the money through it and she would have made it except that he bit her yeah so, and amongst other things, and that's what ultimately ended her life. However, I mean, she's still she's a strong, smart woman. You know, we Absolutely. want that to be yeah. the underlying theme here, is because she's so freaking badass that that's why we named it after. That's why we're talking about it. I mean, the heck, that's why we're here. Period. Yeah, she <laughs> is. She inspired this whole idea, and. And this is the part, not only was she already a badass, 
But this is the part that is even more mm-hmm. badass. Tell them, right? Ridley. Tell them what she did. I love this part. So she's at the hospital, and she knows she's not going to make it. But regardless of that, this badass woman still wants justice and still wants this asshole to pay for what he did to her. So, to the police and to the lawyers, she gives her dying declaration. And this woman spills all the tea. Oh, oh, I just got chills. All the tea. Tells, yes. Just explains in every single detail what happened to her on that train and in that hotel room and what she went through. Yeah. And I don't know... If you read it like I did. I couldn't, you know. And thank you for not. Whitley read it because she knows I'm a bigger wuss. (laughs) So because I'm a true crime addict, I can't help myself. So I did some research and you can find her declaration online. And what this woman went through and what she said is just. What she went through was just so horrible. What he did to her. And then to be able to retell it in detail. And I mean, and she nailed it, obviously. At this point, we know how smart she is. And I mean, she just, it's everything that we stand for here on this podcast is tell it. Tell it all. Just spill all the tea. And And that's what these women need to do now. With strength and grace. Absolutely. Yep. And, And so this declaration... Her dying declaration and her statement allowed them to take the asshole to trial. Yay. Yes. Which is my favorite part of this whole story. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Guess what, y'all? Guess what? Guess what? Okay. So, the first person to ever have their assailant convicted based on forensic evidence. That's our girl. Yes, it was. So, Madge's trial was the first trial in the state of Indiana that the assailant was convicted using forensic evidence. Because mm-hmm. they used forensic evidence from the bite mark to prove It's that, that motherfuckers. Did. Yes. Yes. And that's so fitting, I think, for her having such such a great mind and great spirit that she would be the first to have something you know, so sciency and smartsy based. Like it is so truly fitting and so mad. I'm just so proud of her. Absolutely, because even though unfortunately Madge had passed away, she still put DC Stevenson in jail, and he remained there for a while. And although I hate to say this part, we both hate this part of the story. Yeah. There was a defense attorney that um, found some loophole or something. I don't really care about D.C. Stevenson, so I don't know what he exactly Yeah, who cares? Used. This motherfucker got out. Yeah, he did. He did it again. Can you imagine? They let him out. They thought, oh, this is a great idea. Oh, I can imagine him doing it. I can't, I mean, I, I can't believe he got out, but any bottom line is he did, and he, re, he victimized another, not even, well, like, a girl. So this is a... Yeah. 13, I don't know, young. Too dang young. Yes. Well, it's not right to do it to anyone, So, but she's young. He did it again. And that... And I do get what you mean. Not that it... Not that what it 
what happened to Mavs was any better, per se, but the age does kind of... It's an extra level of wrongness, really which he had is. all of the levels. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and so that's it about... I mean, it that happened, and but still for us, the underlying theme here is Madge's victories. We want to lift her up more than we want to cut him down. Well, there's one more victory you didn't, we didn't yeah. get to talk about yet. So Madge's trial. Um, well, so we told you in the beginning that the asshole was a high-ranking member of the KKK. So when they took him to trial and he was convicted, this basically took down a huge, huge horrible of the KKK. Yes. She basically took down the Klan. Like, this one strong, brave, amazing woman. I mean, I don't know percent. I don't really do numbers. But a very large percentage of the Klan, because he operated so much of it because he was he basically was it at the time and he went away and she knocked them down man i hate the clan they're horrible yeah they what they did was horrible in itself um but so when she so her taking down this horrible organization um was huge and you know it's weird to say this about the kkk but Oh gosh! <laughs> Isn't it weird to say it? In, it cut down on a lot of memberships and took their organization down because y'all are gonna believe this. Oh my right? gosh! They want to claim an organization like the KKK claimed they had morals and that they're number one, <laughs> number right. one on their whatever. Can you imagine the KKK with morals? Okay. Tell them what number one. Tell them what their number one value was. Really. Right. So they were appalled by D.C. Stevenson because they say their number one moral was treat women with respect. <laughs> Which we should be, but they're, right. they're not known for I don't say it like that because <laughs> <laughs> the irony of the KKK that. having morals. I didn't know that until I learned this story. Me neither. That's and ridiculous. It, and like, and that's it's hilarious and sad. of her story. Yeah. You know? And and another badass aspect to this story, because even though she had passed away, she took down a huge organization. Who? 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 Go Madge. Go, girl. Go Madge. Mm -hmm. We love her. (laughs) And hearing her story, hearing her story really inspired us to want to, to basically be like Madge. Yep. And scream it out, just our, say it. Exactly. Thank you. To to let our voices be heard loud and proud. Loud and proud. Yeah, whether it's a story of success, uh, uh, overcoming obstacles or you know, overcoming your own trauma and yes, what you what, what you has went. happened and it, it's not good. Like we all know it's not always sunshine and rainbows. So right. because as women and today's society, we are often taught to basically keep quiet, you know, and we don't let our voices be heard as much as we should. We're a little stifled. Absolutely. Systemically. I would our voices vote. are so stifled and 
we are told so many things that women are scared to report crimes against them because they fear they won't be believed or they'll be looked down upon because of what they were wearing. Or well, you shouldn't have been wearing that. Yeah, just you any know, number of things that and I think it's it was time that that stops. Duh, yeah. Well, we've had. I mean, <laughs> I've had it. You've had it. I know that. That's, I think it was you that was saying uh, last night that, you know, this, it kind of started when we were kids, which I, I hadn't really thought of entirely either, but just the way that we're told, and again, this might not be everyone, but that we're told to, you know, be the, the placators and the people just be kind, yes, bring them the dinner and clean it, you know, and, and you kind of see that as an example, and not that it's, it's bad or that. But it, it just kind of turned out to be a little harmful <laughs> for some or did. most, maybe. It, it truly did. And so we want to bring a voice to these issues and women's inequality and speak up. Because it is no longer the time to be quiet for us women. It is time that we stand up for ourselves and be our own voices. And in to pay homage to that and to pay homage to Madge. Yes. We want to hear from you guys. Yes, we'd love to. And Absolutely. you can tell us, you can you can reach out in a number of ways, which we'll tell you at the end. Um, you know, we'll put a put a little snippet at the end of how you can reach us, but we will we would love to listen to you any way that you feel comfortable getting hold of us. And any any bit, whether it's small or the whole shebang that you feel comfortable telling, in whatever way. Anonymously or not as well. Yeah. However, we want you, our listeners, to be completely comfortable and know that this is a safe space to share your story and what you're going through. Yeah, where you can still be heard any way that you feel comfortable and, and we care. And that's why we're here. And just to, you know, just get it out of you and maybe once it's out of you then maybe we can start to heal absolutely and getting those stories out there and making your voices heard is a huge part of healing from your past and your trauma and and what you're going through and we tell you the story of madge not only because she was so badass but to tell you what inspired us to start this podcast and to um, tell Madge's story in the first episode. Yeah. And we hope that you guys will trust us enough to tell your stories and to be a part of that and use our voices to make a difference in the lives of not, not only our listeners, but hopefully for many many women yeah anybody that needs it or needs to hear it i hope they hear it at the right time the right episode absolutely brings me to because i'm tearing up already which is not me either i'm not gonna okay i am gonna be vulnerable because i have to be soon yes so which so next week uh i will tell my story because if if we're going to ask that of you then it's only it's only fair to share first, so I will. I'll, I'm going to go whole shebang style, and I'm going to spill it. 
So that that'll be next yeah, week. Will. <laughs> yes. You'll you'll get to know Leah very well next week. Um and we hope that us sharing our stories because eventually I'm not quite ready for mine. That's okay. I, know Beth. I told you a little of what happened. And eventually I'm sure I'll share my own. But we hope that us sharing our stories and you women sharing your stories will make a huge difference and we can start to make a change. Oh, you should see Whitley smile right now. Oh, you are <laughs> a smoke show. It makes me happy because, okay, so true fact about me, I live a very boring life, but I, I love my life. I don't say that to be um, to, as a bad thing. I do love my life, but I've always felt like I wanted a little something more. I wanted to make a difference. And then... When they overturned Roe versus Wade, something in me knew that was it. I want to speak out for women. And it was like right, it was like that week or something, wasn't it? That's right. Do you remember when, came together. when I hung out with you that week? I was I not like fired up? Oh yeah, it was the, either the same day or the same week that right. all of this. I can happened. remember exactly when I seen you. I just knew it was shortly after. And when the, when that happened, I knew. Okay, that's it. And I just didn't know how. And then when you presented your idea to me, I was like, that's it. That's how we do it. And to have my friend be a part of that makes this even better. (laughs) So we hope that you love our podcast and that you will join us for future episodes. Because we love you. (laughs) We really do. And we want to hear from you. And so we just want to say thank you for listening to Madge's story. And we both hope that it truly inspires each and every one of you to hopefully let your voice be heard loud and proud. Yeah, girls. And to share your story. And as always, ladies, speak up and and get get your Madge on. All right, we would like to give a special thanks to our friend and producer, the amazing Justin James. He is amazing. And we also would like to thank our legal consultant, who just happens to be Whitley's sister. Thank you, Tara. All right, bye, y'all. Bye. We do this for you listeners. If you have questions for us or you want to tell us your story, your way, you can email us at americasmopodcast at gmail.com or via our website, americasmo.com or on the aptly named America's MO Facebook page and on TikTok at America's MO Podcast and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts.